Uh, let's get to it. This morning, I was going to speak on Thanksgiving today. It kind of worked with the calendar. I love speaking on Thanksgiving um, because I believe a thankful heart changes things. But after last week, as I was working on a Thanksgiving sermon, uh, I just kept thinking about last Sunday. And what I kept hearing was, we are not done yet. And if you were here last Sunday, you know we, we talked about... Um, Jesus and, and him coming down in the flesh and being the perfect God because he was a suffering God. And if you weren't here, what we did with that is we talked about the story of the four guys that took their friend on the mat, the paralyzed man, and, and brought him to Jesus by lowering him through the roof of a house to his feet. And Jesus forgave his sins and, and he healed him right there. And so our responsibility as, as we understand Jesus in our own lives is not to just take him for ourselves, but to bring others to him. And so we concluded the service by having a big prayer team up here and everyone coming forward. And we just believed in, uh, with one another for those in our lives that we want to see get to know Jesus or come back to Jesus. And we spoke their names and it was, it was awesome. It was powerful. And I think though we would be remiss if we had that service and said, all right, we did it. You know, I went out for prayer. I said their names and, and, and we're done now. Let's move on to the next thing. Because with, with everything in me, I just believe that we are not done. We're not done yet. And as, as we talk about the, the greatness of our Lord and we talk about those that need to meet him, what we also need to involve in that conversation is ourselves and our role in that. And so last week wasn't the end of a thing, but it was rather the beginning of a thing. It was the beginning of birthing in this church and in our hearts belief and hope for those that we love to come again to know Jesus. But it was just the beginning. It was the catalyst for more. And what we want to do now this morning is to take a look at our responsibility even more. And how do we walk in that? How do we be those mat carriers every single day? Not just on Sunday morning when it's about the sermon and when there's an altar call, but on Monday through Saturday as well. How do we continue over and over to carry the mat for our loved ones who frankly can't get there on their own because they're broken, they're hurt, they're bitter, they're so lost they don't know what direction to go. So we have to then put them on a mat and bring them to Jesus ourselves. And how does that look? How does that look for us? What do we do? I was reading a devotion this week from Pastor Jerry Sweat, whose church is just up the road at Beach Church. And he said, faith is more than good intentions, convictions, and feelings. It's, it is those things, but it's also more than those things. And like James writes, we need to be doers of the word. We need to be, we need to be doers of the word. And last week, we, we were that. We started that by coming up front. And let me just say this too. You're going to hear me reference last week some. If you missed last week, all you missed was a sermon, but you did not miss the boat. You can still get on the boat, okay? If you weren't here, I do encourage you to go online and listen to it, but you did not miss the boat, okay? Because it is continuing to go, okay? But what we, if you came up last week and you got prayer, that was a great start, but it was not the end. We need to be doers of the word. It has to be more than just good intentions and convictions and feelings, if we look in Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Listen to kind of the subtext there. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
It doesn't say you don't become weary and at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. This is about all of us. This is about the church body, us not giving up together, us encouraging one another, us praying for one another so that when your loved one comes back, we all get to celebrate in it. It's not just your loved one, it's all of our loved one. It's the family growing. Let us not grow weary. And I think about this, those four guys that were carrying the mat. And I think about what happened before. You know, this, it's not in scripture, but just in my mind, I consider what it must have been like for them before this event happened. We have this friend who's paralyzed and he needs to get to Jesus. What do we do? And I think about us now in that context, but, but today, we would start to pray. And if our prayer is only Jesus, let our friend get to know you. Amen. I don't think that's enough. The prayer should be, Father, give us the strength to carry the mat for him. Let us not grow weary in taking him to you over and over again. Because if we just pray for, God, for, for a friend to get to know God, then we're taking ourselves out of it and it very much involves us. So our prayer can't just be, Father, let them know you, but it should be, Father, how can I help them to know you? That's the prayer that we need to continue praying because it does involve all of us. And if we don't grow weary, that is, that is gonna be our theme, that is gonna be what we pound in the pavement over and over because it's coming. The harvest is coming in the proper time. If we don't grow weary, if we don't give up, the harvest is coming Amen. in God's proper time and it's gonna involve all of us and we are gonna celebrate one another's victories because it's gonna be our victories and it's gonna point to Jesus and it's gonna be awesome if we don't grow weary, if we don't give up. Let's look in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse nine. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. That word sincere, I think is overlooked sometimes. Love must be sincere. Other translations say love cannot be hypocritical. You see, if love is insincere, or if love is hypocritical, then it ceases to be love. It's fake, it's counterfeit. Insincere love says, I love you, but I don't really have time for you. Or I love you, but I'm too tired for you. I love you, but I just don't feel like carrying the mat today. I love you, but I'm too weary. Sincere love says, I love you, and even though it's not convenient, even though my muscles hurt, even though you've rejected me over and over, I'm gonna continue to pick up the mat and bring you to Jesus. Sincere love does not quit. And we can't quit. It's a whole lot easier to quit by yourself than it is with a group. I was just talking to someone this morning before church about my running group and how it's so much easier to run with people because they hold you accountable. Right? If, you're, if you're doing something on your own, whether it's going to the gym, on a diet, or whatever the case may be, trying something new, and you're just doing it by yourself, it's a whole lot easier to hit the snooze when it's just you. But when you have a whole bunch of people waiting for you, holding you accountable, it gets you out of bed. It gets you moving. That's why we're doing this together. Because it's a whole lot harder to quit with a room full of people than by yourself. 
And so as we continue to love those around us, as we continue to pray for those around us, know that we are all praying together. And it'll help you not quit. It'll help you not grow weary. You can say I love you to your spouse till the cows come home. But if you never do the dishes, if you never clean the car or take the garbage out or do any of those things, they're kind of empty words. If you never just treat them to something, do something sweet for them. But the sincere love says, I love you and here is how I'm going to show you. Here is how I'm going to serve you even when I don't feel like it. Because I love you. Insincere love says, I love you, but right now I kind of love me more. And so I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. And that is hard. That's, that's very hard. We, uh, listen, there's times when it's convenient to love other people. And there's times when it's not. But the times when it's not usually mean the most. Not just to them, but to us as well. Sincere love does not quit. Let me just pause in Romans 12. We're going to come back to that. But Hebrews 12, 12 says, and let us, there's that word again, us, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Not, and let you or let me run with perseverance the race marked out for me. We, we oftentimes mistake this, this run that we're on, this walk with the Lord as mine and mine alone. It is personal with Jesus between me and Jesus, but this race, it involves all of us. And it says to run with perseverance. I, uh, I pace races sometimes. What that means is, um, I'm, if, if, you ever, if you've ever been at a race, you, you'll see some people holding flags that say a certain time, like two hours or whatever, three hours, depending. And so when people get there and they say, my goal is to cross the finish line at this time, they'll go find those people with the flags and they'll say, oh, okay, I want to do it in two hours. I'm going to run with you. And the pacer's job is to get them there in that time. Um, I like it. It's fun. And it's also, if you pace, it's free, which is awesome. So uh, that's, that was what got me into it. Like, how much? And I can't do it. It's free? Okay, sign me up. You know, it, um, it, but it's, I've, I've raced races on my own and I've paced several races and I'm not kidding. Every single time that I pace, I have so much more fun than the times that I run on myself. Because even though we are in the race too, there is something so gratifying about helping someone else cross the finish line. I've been in situations, you know, you don't know these people. You're just standing there with a flag and they come up to you. And so at the beginning of the race, you're in, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm so, and, and then you spend the next however amount of time it is, two, three, four hours with them. And by the end, as you see them cross the finish line, you're taking pictures with them. You're giving them hugs. Their parents are coming up to you, thanking you. And there's a relationship that has occurred in that amount of time. Why? Because we are helping one another get through the finish line. And so when it says, let us run the race, that's what it's talking about. It's not just about me crossing the finish line for me, but us celebrating together, all of us crossing the finish line together. But we have to do it with perseverance. And perseverance, the word is from the Greek hupomon, which means it, is a, it, it means this, this is awesome. It is a determination which goes steadily on and refuses to be deflected. Perseverance refuses 
to be deflected. And let me just say this, we need to understand that the more that we continue to lift up our loved ones in prayer and we continue to put them before the Lord, we are, we are kicking the bear, we are poking the bees uh, nest and all that stuff and the enemy does not like it. So we need to know that as we continue to run this race and continue to pray and continue to love and we're not growing weary that the enemy is going to try and deflect us. It's coming. But if we run with perseverance and we, we refuse to be deflected, that's how we cross the finish line. There's something else about races that you, we need to understand. If you've ever done one, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a 5K, a 10K, or an or a ultra marathon. How you feel at the beginning of a race is totally different than how you feel at the middle and at the end. The beginning, they got music playing. Everyone's doing their cool stretches. They look themselves in the mirror. They got their running outfit on. I go, awesome. You know, they got their headphones in. They're just bobbing their head. You know, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't make eye contact with me. I got a mission. I'm running, you know. And there's just this amazing energy and uh, adrenaline pumping. And you're just, you see the clock counting down and everyone starts doing their little weird little, you know, running in place thing that does absolutely nothing. But people do it anyway because it looks cool. And then the gun goes off and everyone takes off. And then again, some races have confetti and there's, there's fans with cowbells cheering you on. They don't know you, but they're still cheering you. And it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. But then after a while, the music fades. There's no more crowd. Even the runners thin out. And that energy you had at the beginning when you were nice and fresh is totally gone. And all of a sudden you think to yourself, I got a lot of miles to go here. This isn't as fun as it was. And then when you get really towards the end, you actually think, this is not fun anymore. Why did I do this? I am, I am a stupid person for doing this. I hurt. I ache. My day's shot because I'm not going to be able to move after this. This should not be a hobby. But then... When you persevere, when you don't give up, you experience a feeling that is even greater than the beginning, and that's crossing the finish line. And you get to say, I did it. I didn't quit. As much as it hurt, as much as I wanted to quit, I kept going. And the best thing is, is when there's people around you that you've been training with and that are cheering you on, celebrating with you, and you're celebrating with them, no feeling like it, except how much more so when it's the people that we're praying for crossing that finish line and getting to our Savior. When they wanted to quit, when they couldn't do it, but we stood by them even when we wanted to quit, when we didn't think we could do it anymore, when the fun of it was gone, when the Sunday worship session was over and the altar call had ended and it's now Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and we've had a terrible week and we wonder, what did we commit to? But when we stay at it, and we bring them home, and they cross the finish line, there will be no greater feeling than that. And we will all celebrate together. Amen? Amen. We can't be deflected. Let's go back to Romans 12 now, starting uh, in verse 10. Pick it up there. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor Serving the Lord. Be devoted to those, you know, one another in love to me, especially in context of what we're talking about this morning, is praying for people. And I want to challenge you all. 
right now about being devoted to those that were believing to come to know Jesus. There's probably several of us in here that are going to be in a house with them on Thursday. And if we're not on Thursday, we'll probably see them through the course of the Christmas season on Christmas Day or whatever. But this is the time where those people, we see them. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to do this. And I mean it. When you sit down and you're talking to them, say in a loving way, I'm praying for you. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Not in a way that's going to bring guilt or shame or condemnation. Like, you need to know something. I'm praying for you. My pastor told me, I need to pray for you. You're a wreck. We had an altar call the other way. I ran up there. I knew exactly who I was supposed to be praying for. It's you. As a matter of fact, let's get everybody in here. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to air our, we're going to, we're going to have a quick little uh, airing of the grievances. Or a little festivus on, on Thanksgiving instead. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about when you have that opportunity, which will come, I'm telling you right now, if you're praying for these people, you know what God's going to do? He's going to say, okay, here's a golden opportunity that can only be of him for you to talk to this person. And what are you going to do? And I want you to remember what I'm saying right now. Because on Thursday or in the, in the weeks to come, you're going to go, oh, oh, here it is. This is what James was talking about. Uh, uh. What am I going to do? All I have to say is this. Hey, I'm praying for you. That sentence blesses people so much. And especially when you mean it. And even more so when you're doing it. Because when you've been praying for that person, you have a heart towards them. And as you say, I'm praying for you, it comes out. It just, it just does. And most of the time the reaction is, wow, you are? And it opens all sorts of doors and it breaks down all sorts of walls. So when we talk about being devoted to one another in love, what does that mean? It means praying for them relentlessly. And then tell them about it. Let them know. Let them know that, you know, they, they might not get slain in the spirit in that moment, you know. They, they might not get asked to be saved in that moment. But it's going to bless them and it's going to allow, you know, doors to be open for them to come with you to church. So I, I want to challenge you all with that uh, in this next week. Keep your spiritual fervor. Well, my goodness. How do we do that? Spiritual fervor is a boiling up in our spirit. It's not letting the fire go out. And that can be really hard sometimes. How do we do that? We come to church. We get around the people that are running the race with us. You, have, you, you, go, you go outside of church uh, on Sunday and do minist- you know, to whatever ministries are happening within the church. Go to those. Stoke the fire by being around others that are running the race with you, that are encouraging you, that are believing alongside you. Worship. Worship over and over. Be encouraged in worship like we were this morning. And the other thing we need to understand is to keep the enemy the enemy. Because a lot of times as, as we are believing for something especially is so radical and important as other people in our lives, believe it or not, we can make God the enemy. Because it's not happening in our time. It's not happening the way that we want. So we end up getting mad at God. And now all of a sudden we're deflected. We got to keep the enemy the enemy. 
Because the enemy is the one that is trying to keep our loved ones from Jesus. Not Jesus. That's ridiculous. Jesus wants them to come home exponentially more than we do. But a lot of times we think otherwise. We might not say it out loud, but we get mad and we get frustrated. And so we stop praying, we stop worshiping, we stop coming to church because we've actually made God the enemy in all of it. Keep the enemy the enemy. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Those really speak for themselves, but I'm going to expound on just a little bit. It says, be joyful in hope, not be joyful in results. Don't be joyful in the results, because when we're only joyful in results, then our joy towards the Lord is contingent on that. It's subject to that. It's dictated by that. When we're only joyful when things happen, we're not going to be joyful all that time. But we're joyful in the hope, and the hope is Jesus. So we're joyful in him, knowing that even when it doesn't look like it, he's working. That's where our joy comes from. Patient in affliction. That word patient right there is the same word as perseverance. So be patient in the affliction when it's hard, when it hurts, when our muscles ache, when we don't feel like lifting up that mat one more time. Be patient, but continue on. And it says to be faithful in prayer. Paul writes it another way very bluntly in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where he simply says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. We are a praying church here. We have altar calls every Sunday. Just because last week was specifically designated to our loved ones does not mean that you need to stop coming and getting prayed for. Never stop praying. Don't give up. Continue to carry the mat because, look, they can't carry it for themselves. They can't do it. They're broken far beyond a physical ailment. Broken hearts are, are, are way more paralyzing than a physical ailment. And so we gotta carry them because if we don't, they're gonna sit there and they're gonna miss Jesus. It's up to us. We sang a song this morning, New Wine. We have a responsibility, y'all. We have a responsibility. This isn't, you know, as there's, there's change happening here at Beaches Chapel and it involves all of us. We are all being called to new things. We are all being stretched. We are all growing. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. And that can only mean one thing, and that is that God is about to do a new thing. He's about to do a new thing, but we have to know that. We have, to, we have to know that it requires something of us. I'm going to have the band come up. And we're going to, we're going to sing a couple songs as we, as we close this morning. We're going to stoke our spiritual fervor. The muscles that have been aching, we're going to massage those. And we're going to feel better. And we're going to believe together about what God is doing here. And I want to read this. It's Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and, give, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Jesus says before calling us the light of the world, he calls us salt. Think about that for a second. Without us, without God's people, this world is dark and it is bland. It is dark and it is bland without God's people. But he says, you are the salt. We are the salt. We are the light. And when we walk in the light and we don't hide it, people don't glorify us. They glorify our Father. So again, this week and the weeks to come as we're around family and friends and loved ones and coworkers at parties and this and that, be the light. Be the light. Be the salt and know in confidence that that salt is what makes things good, not bad. The world tries to tell us the opposite. But the truth is, without the salt, this world and the lives in it are very, very bland and they are begging for salt. You ever had a dish that says, I, this just needs more salt. That's every life that doesn't know Jesus. It has the potential to be great, but it needs the salt. It has the potential to walk in the light, but it needs the light. Last thing, Mark chapter 13, verse 35 says, therefore keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. That is Jesus talking about him coming back, right? But I wanna look at it in a different way. Pastor Tina says all the time, we don't know what's going on in someone's life from yesterday to today to tomorrow, where you could have invited them 5,000 times, but we don't know what happened to them today where they might be ready. So we need to be on watch. We just don't know. And especially in this season, the holidays when things are difficult for a lot of people, this is the time to be that person, to be the salt, to be the light, to look them in the eye with love and say, I'm praying for you because I love you. Not because I think there's something wrong with you. Not because we disagree on this or that, but because I love you and I want you to be the salt of the earth like I am. I want you to walk in the light like I do. And I'm gonna carry the mat for you for as long as I have to. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna be deflected. I'm gonna keep the enemy the enemy and I'm not gonna stop praying for you because God has a purpose for you. And not only am I praying for you, but my church is praying for you. They don't even know you. Because I love you, they love you too. And we're all in this together. In the proper time, we will reap the harvest. But we all together have to understand that we're all being stretched. We all, we, it's about all of us. We gotta continue to carry the mat. It's not just a one Sunday deal. It's not a two sermon series. It's every single day of every single week of the year. Until we see them cross the finish line and can rejoice with them. Because they're in a race and they don't even know it. Can you imagine that? Being in that race and you don't even know it? How hard that must be? So we're gonna walk alongside them, encourage them until they cross that finish line. Let's stand up. And we're gonna sing these songs this morning to ignite that fervor, that spiritual fervor. My hope is from last Sunday to today you've had kind of a reigniting 
of praying for these people. It happened with several, several testimonies of the week, just super encouraging. An excitement in everyone's hearts of what God's about to do. Let's not limit it. Let's not limit it. As we sing these songs, listen to the words and sing them out in faith. Sing them out in faith. But as I said before, we are a praying church as well. And we want to pray for you this morning. First, if you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about, this suffering perfect God who came down and sacrificed his life so that you could have purpose, so you could have salvation in him, we want to pray for you this morning. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you, come up and get prayed for, for those that you're believing to come back to him or to get to know him for the first time. And if there's anything else you're walking through, we wanna believe with you in that, that God's gonna provide and meet every need. So if we could right now, let's have our pastors and our elders come up and we wanna pray for you. And as I pray, you can just come up and receive prayer and we're gonna enter back into worship. Father, thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that it's, it's not on, it's not all about us. It's about us continuing on and believing in you and what you do through us. Never let us believe that it's, it's up to us, God. You get people saved. Your Holy Spirit touches people's hearts, God, but we wanna be a part of it, Lord. Forgive us when we're too tired, when we're weary, when we, we just don't feel like we can pick up the mat anymore. God, I pray that you would remind us that you are doing a work in us and through us as we reach people. That the things that we're praying for ourselves, the things that we're believing for for ourselves are gonna be met as we grow, as we take that step and tell other people about you. Help us, Jesus, to help others cross that finish line so that we can celebrate with them. And so, God, that you can, you can minister to us as well. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you, God. If you need prayer this morning, come on up.